Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minutes, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco. And Kyle. Yes, sir. I know you, as many of our listeners, are familiar with the incredible works of author and filmmaker John Crichton. I am. Now, of course... I'm talking about Michael Crichton. He he actually is much more well-known by his middle name, but his full name is John Michael Crichton. His books, over 200 million copies worldwide, a dozen, over a dozen have been adapted into films, known for his science fiction, techno thriller, medical fiction genres, heavily featured technology. When I watched this minute, I could think of only one movie. What movie? The 1995 American science fiction action adventure film classic... Congo. Ah, uh, yes. I was hoping you would say Congo. <laughs> What'd you think I was going to say? <laughs> 95. I'm Amy. I'm Amy. Would I have said Jurassic Park? No, wait. Jurassic Park? <laughs> when was that? No. So, okay. And Congo, by the way, it's not a classic. No. Don't, you don't really need to see it. There is a ridiculous moment in Congo where they it was like, what was it? A movie about communication lasers and they yes, were in the and, jungle. And diamonds, gigantic and diamonds. diamonds and, and they find a weird diamond. And the yes. end of the movie, when they're being attacked by an, a horde of mutant gorillas. Yes. Laura Linney, who's yeah. awesome, by the way. She yeah. puts she puts the diamond in it and it, then it turns it into a a. A laser pointer, but but as a sword, and it just cuts everything in half. Yep, it's absurd. Uh huh. There's a little bit of absurdity in this minute. Yeah, which we'll yeah. talk about now. There's a little bit of uh, Congo-esque obscurity here. <laughs> minute eighty-seven of Iron Man two from two thousand and ten, director John Favreau. But before we move away from Michael Crichton, um, uh, a, a weird aside, just because when else is this ever going to come up in my life? I have an autographed picture from Michael Crichton. Really? I do. I wrote him a fan letter. So let me let me back up a little bit. So when I was working at uh, Best Buy, uh, there was a coworker of mine who one of the things he said is like this. And so this is this is just the dawn of the internet. Like right. this is bef- this is pre Google. Google did not exist yet. Like, if you wanted to find something, you went to Yahoo to find the directory of right. what. So if you were like, wanted, like, I'm a fan of Star Trek, where can I go? You went to Yahoo to television shows to Star Trek, and there was a listing of every website that was about Star Trek. Yes. Yes, that's how small the internet was. Yes, it was. <laughs> was like, Yahoo was the yellow pages. I think when I even know oh. that's outdated reference, too. But that's how small things were. So, this so. Information was not widely available. So one of the things that that he did was collecting autographs. And so what he would do is he was determined to find the strangest people that he could get to respond to him. And by doing this, by handwriting letters and sending them. So he had found information like he had gotten a book and and stuff too, like of, of famous people's addresses. And he would write letters to all these people and to get stuff back. And he got the most amazing amount of, of the people who would reply to him. And so he and I sort of went in on this. And so we sort of had like, nah, like a contest, but like, we were both like would go back and forth about like who did you get who have you talked to who have you sent stuff to so I sent a ton of handwritten letters out to all these celebrities to see what kind of responses we would get back and he got stuff back like he got Shirley Temple to what? like to write him a little a little note he got Steven Spielberg to reply to him 
I mean, like, oh my god, it was amazing. I mean, like, it, it, the Zoo Zorgland was funny because it came back and it was just it, like because you the, the 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 process was you write there, you have your you handwrite your like their address on there and your address, you send the letter and then you send a self addressed stamped envelope for like because you're asking for something back and so you don't want them to have to pay to give it back to you, right. so you send them the, the letter back. And so he got this envelope back and opened it up, and it was just this little like three by five card with this scrawled thing on it. And he's like, There's no anything, and so it wasn't he had to backtrace to figure out what it was to realize that it was Steven Spielberg's autograph. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that- I, one of the things I did, so I went I went down and I, I found some one of these things, these books, and I found Michael Crichton. I loved Michael Crichton. I'd read almost everything he had written at that sure. point. Um, and so sent a letter, a fan letter to Michael Crichton, and basically saying, like, yeah, Dress Press, great, but Congo, man. Like, <laughs> I really said, like, I really enjoyed kind of like, I said, but the book was much better than the movie, you know. that. that oh, no, and the mo- the book is much better. The, the book movie is, is better. loosely based on the book yes, of Congo. Loose. Yeah, they added in the whole weird laser thing. Yeah. Um, uh, so, and then he, and he wrote back, and he wrote back, and he sent me an 8 by 10 He sent me, like, a headshot. And it says, best wishes, Michael Crichton. And it's, and it's like, one of those exactly, like, uh, exactly what you expect a headshot. Like, him with his with his hand on his chin, like, looking yes. off into the middle distance. Like, mm. uh, and, I mean, he's a handsome man. I mean, like, you know, with yeah. big full head of hair, too. So, yeah, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, but I was, you know, I was happy to, to get in the back. I was super excited because it's also, you know, as opposed to, like, the Steven Spielberg card, like, it's actually Michael Crichton's head. <laughs> so yes, I have I have an autographed uh, eight by ten of Michael Crichton, and how many people can say that? Probably a lot. Well, but Tony Stark is not one of those. No. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, back to the movie then. Um, so we're picking up where we left off, which is uh, Tony Stark is in the process of uh, activating the prismatic accelerator to. Make a new element in the shape uh, of a triangle. I, I mean, that's kind of what we're at. even even in the commentary. John Favreau was like, uh, "We're doing a bunch of science stuff. Uh, you just have to go with it." <laughs> okay, can we? Here, we're gonna go through. Okay, and by the way, if you're saying like seriously, where's the movie? It, yeah, this is gonna take. It, yeah, it's thirty it's, seconds uh, to explain. Guy pulls a handle, a laser shoots out the end. That's the minute. Yeah, I, okay, no, I mean we let where we picked up where we left off. He's yep. it's moving. It's hit the prism. He's got his shirt off. We got yep. Tony's arms hanging right. out. So, and if you're wondering, like, oh, well, this seems like kind of like a beefcake shot. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. Confirmed. <laughs> this was like Robert Downey was like, I worked really hard. I'd like to have one scene where I get to show off all the work I've been doing to stay in shape. Uh, and his joke is, uh, you're only going to have it for about five minutes. So shoot it now because as soon as it's, the cameras are off, it's all going to fall apart again. <laughs> That's it. Check out my clavicles. Right. Here they are. <laughs> okay. So he picks up one of these, Um, like, it looks funny, but these are real, a monkey yeah. wrench, but it's mm-hmm. like a three-foot-long monkey wrench. Uh, so, actually, I believe that's what? an 18-inch because uh, that's a rigid 18-inch aluminum pipe wrench, Rob. Son of a... It was... Anyway. Uh, so rigid... Uh, the company was founded in 1923 in North Ridgeville, Ohio, by Carl Ingler Sr. In 1943, it relocated to its current location in Elra, Ohio. And in 1966, it became a wholly owned subsidiary of Emerson Electric. Uh, if you would like to see more of their history, they actually have a great timeline on their website. If you go to rigid.com slash US slash EN rigid builds dash timeline. You actually can see year by year all the wonderful events that happened in Rigid's history. 
Yeah, so this is the 18-inch uh, aluminum pipe wrench. I think I sort of figured out how tall Robert Downey Jr. was, so how long his arm was, and then sort of, because it wasn't the 24, because the 24 would be much longer, so I think this is the 18, and also you can, this is still available, so if you want to have your own piece of Iron Man 2 memorabilia, you can still buy this at Home Depot. This is where I found the information. Uh, so the... Uh, the wrench turns pipes up to two and a half inch and is made of durable lightweight aluminum. It has a full lifetime warranty. Uh, it offers the same durability and ease of use found in all rigid heavy-duty wrenches. Uh, the rigid aluminum pipe wrenches provide professional strength in lightweight aluminum. Its nominal handle style size is 18 inches. Suitable for all forms of pipe work. It has an adjustable nut and I-beam handle, which we're all looking for. Uh, and a full lifetime warranty against material defects and workmanships. When you want to uh, create a new element, you choose rigid. Wow, so that's how it feels <laughs> when I bring up ridiculous facts. In the <laughs> yes. Dude, I had no idea that was going to happen. I was just like, it's a real long monkey ranch, right? <laughs> Whatever. He's, he's using it as a cantilever, a can right? A cantilever yeah, with force right. to like move. No, I looked. I looked well up and, and looked at different pipe wrenches to make sure that I was picking the right one because there are several styles and several, you know, for different needs. Well, let me tell you about the three-quarter inch chain link chain that he's using. Please do. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that From was <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, so. He's got this out. Yeah, so he's we got, got the, the... the wrench like on the thing, and he's turning it because he realizes that he has uh, he has misaligned his optics. <laughs> They're dirty and misaligned. Oh, this is the problem when you're not an expert at this thing. Like Tony Stark's not the best at everything. Uh, <laughs> sure, he's making a new element, but he he misaligned uh, all of his uh, his imagery. Uh, so you then you see that that's when that's when the gun show happens. I see him trying to like turn it, and so. Then we see the laser has come out and is actually is now cutting through everything against the wall. It's it's a it's a great effect. I mean, oh, like wonderfully as, as shot. It goes through, yeah, cutting through the wall. Then it cuts through the beam. Yes, <laughs> and then it cuts through the top of a cabinet, which then topples over. One of the weird things happens here is somehow the laser knocks over like a metal container that's next to it. Like I'm like, wouldn't it cut through? Why would it knock it over? Like like the it's it's literally like six inches from uh, where the beam comes out. Somehow it knocks over or something. But whatever. It's this is we're in Marvel physics land. Well, so. no, and 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 I mean, yeah, this is all this is mostly yeah. for effects. But here's what's really neat is that you've got this super almost like a brilliant thread like blue laser light coming out of the prism. Yeah. And when they go to the backward shot, sort of Tony's on the left side here, you see this beautiful, just full screen edge to edge on the screen of it's cutting through the wall. It's cutting through one of the support beams of the structure, which is probably a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and then it's cutting through what looks like he's got like a utility sink. And then we've mentioned mm -hmm. this because we mentioned this in an earlier minute when we first entered into the workshop, uh, because you can see the uh, the per uh, uh pep sign, mm -hmm. the yellow uh, flammable uh, locker. And when it cuts through that, there is an issue with the effect because mm -hmm. the bla so basically this is like a it looks like a three three to four foot wide uh, yellow metal locker, right? A yeah. storage cabinet. And as the beam gets about halfway through the cabinet, the whole top third of it starts to come forward, yeah. which is weird because it hasn't finished cutting through it. Um, <laughs> and, and honestly, the physics of that are a little wonky, but maybe not. If there was if there was a lot of heavy stuff on the front side of the cabinet, that yeah, yeah that may happen. Um, and then it goes through what's next to that, which looks like a bunch of books and some other things. 
here's the, and as it's getting closer to that cylindrical metal metal object yeah, the, we talked about the with bracket, the triangle. Yeah. Here's my concern. Yeah. If this laser is doing this, is it going yes. through the wall? Yeah, that's a good question. How far back does it go? Because um, it stops before it gets to the servers, which is good because it right. shut the whole thing down. But what's behind there? I well, mean, like I, that's that's the same area that we saw earlier in the movie when Pepper had the cold and they were walking through, right? Right. Isn't that where the 3D printer is? That's printing out the next set of Iron Man I, armor. I Isn't think that I back think so. there. I think some of that's there, but I mean, since we saw this during the battle in the kitchen and the living room and the other stuff upstairs yes, earlier true. on, I think it would have been neat if they, as you would have done this, you would have started seeing water spray out, like oh, right to show you yeah. that the the laser is causing through the wall really yeah. damage here. Um, of course, then if it's too powerful, then the whole building comes down, and we don't want that to happen. True. Uh, I mean, so the nice thing is, is because they're underground. Like after right. that, then it's dirt. Right. So, I mean, you know, like the, the soil, I think, would probably exactly. stop it. But a nice, but a really nice effect. I mean, even yeah. to the point where it zooms in as he's getting it closer to uh, the triangle, you yeah. can actually see it even cutting a line on the, the metal cylinder. Like, yeah. It's just really well which done. Is, which is uh, interesting because did you notice the continuity error? It happens right at that moment. There's a, there's a, it's, it's probably at minutes, uh, probably at 30 seconds into uh, minute 87. No, go ahead. Ah, okay. So, so we have we have this setup. We have the, the the beam is coming out. It's at the wrong angle. He has to use it, in, and we see it's cutting through everything. It cuts through the wall. It cuts through the cabinet. It cuts through the the pillars. Everything all the way through. Apparently, it doesn't cut through any of the wires that are on the left side of the bracket, <gasps> because there's a bunch of just very thin wires coming through, and it leaves them entirely untouched. Oh, you're completely right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a, it is a great effect. I don't know, but like they totally forgot about the fact that they have all these like you know set dressing wires coming off the side of it. It would have sliced right through those wires as well. Oh, you're no, I didn't. Okay, I didn't notice that. You know what I got distracted by is right before it cuts to the close-up shot of the cylinder. Yeah. When it hits the bookcase, so it's just cut through the yellow flammable cabinet. Yes. When it hits the bookcase, the laser hits something, and there is an incredible flash of light. And if you pause yes. it, you'll see. Obviously, a lot of CGI went into this because they it's a, it's artificial light. You can see they probably did it in obviously in post. Um, in some, and I'm sure there were some practical effects on set in doing this too, just to kind of get the lighting right and everything. But I'm I'm noticing like, well, what did he hit? He hit a book, and the book blew up. Like that doesn't make yeah. any sense. <laughs> and then when it goes to the close up. My eye is so focused on, oh, yeah, look, it's making the little light. And I'm assuming that that metal is some crazy strong metal. It's not vibranium, but it's something, right? Right. But, yeah, those wires would have been severed. Yeah. That's yeah. clear. Okay. So and for the 10th finally... anniversary edition. Oh, wait. Oh, never Too late. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> it hits the, it hits the, the triangle, and yeah. then he stops. Yep. And then it, like, charges it up. Like, we see it, like, the... it. It it works like that's where it's supposed to go. Then, right. like, so like we see it sort of like charge up or illuminate. Basically, that's the new element being created, and then he goes and and we see him fiddle with something and then shuts it down. When it does that, okay, there's some really neat uh, sound production design here. Yeah, because it almost sounds like it burps. Like, <laughs> so really, there's an organic sound. It's not just all. It's all not just not machinery. It's got a very interesting growl. Like, as it's fully charging up on the triangle before he cuts the power on it. Um, and then, yeah, and then you see it's he turns everything off 
and it's glowing incredibly bright. He yeah, crawls he underneath. Said, and he, yeah, he says, that was easy. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> he needs now, a button for that. Okay. That was easy. Now, a little bit of, of a knock on this. Uh-huh. It, it was too easy. <laughs> because, dude, I mean, seriously. Well, yes, at this point, it's just like, we're, we're third act. Like, we got to get going, man. Like, well, okay. This, and, we're, we're, we're coming for the end of a really boring series of minutes. Well, and they, there were some conversations. Uh, stuff yeah. happened. The strawberries. But the listen. Stra- so, <laughs> so, wait. No, okay, and and then he, and he walks up to basically the element, and then yeah. that's he looks. He yeah, he looks, looks down in it, close to it, and that's where the minute comes to. That's end. where the minute ends. Okay, so what is what has happened here? His, there was the plan for this accelerate this mini accelerator. Yes, in Howard Stark planted that in the model of yes. the Stark Expo. Yes, he uh, he used the map of the Stark Expo to show the atomic structure of a new element that at the time 1974 he could not synthesize. Oh, so it's it's the structure of the element. It has nothing to do with the accelerator. No. The accel- oh, okay. Hmm. That's the, this is my like once again my my interpretation of this. Well, and there and there is no other interpretation because no yeah. one's really they no, everyone's no one's really, admitted. Yeah, even John Favreau's been like, eh, we're doing a lot of hand waving here." Like <laughs> Like uh, so wait. you made a put a bunch of dots on the thing and then used a laser to shoot a triangle and nah, now we get a new suit. Okay, and that's it. And it's a prism and the acceleration of some sort of particle and yeah. So yeah, that's that's the thing is like there's there's a little step in there that I feel like they missed. Now I don't I don't need you. I mean I'm you can you can say Vita rays and I'm I'm like okay Vita rays sure. sure. Like, and for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, um, that was Stanley's explanation of how Captain America went from skinny little Steve Rogers to right. super buff Captain America. It is like he they used a Vita rays. It was just something he made up. Just like he didn't even he didn't know anything about what gamma rays were. He just knew that he had never heard them in anything he'd ever read, so he figured he could use them and just say, yeah, gamma rays, that's what turns a, a little guy into a big green guy. And same thing here, like, I don't need to know like the specific thing, but it seems like we went from, like, I hid the atomic structure to now we were shooting a laser into a triangle. Like, something is missing here. Like, how did you know to do the thing? Where did the triangle come from? Why yeah. is it a triangle? Why is it a laser? Why yeah. do you have to accelerate something to shoot something to yeah. to make this? Yeah. I mean, it's I guess probably, it's better than just like watching like a like a like a paint mixer. Like <laughs> that was well, a, oh, just no put some stuff in. And he just sits there and watches. And it comes you know what? I'll tell you like, this. Look, a new element. Maybe what he did is he had Jarvis uh, extrapolate the uh, speeds that are needed for the particle acceleration to actually enable their structures to match what Howard had hidden inside the model. Yes, that makes all sense now. Actually, the more I think about it, the more I actually like this. Let's pretend. <laughs> That he figured out where it would go on the periodic table. Like, he figured out it's going to be, I don't know, 135 and a half. Like, like basically, like, it's going to be right in between some. I, I don't know where it fits. But, like, so he took the thing that was next to it. So let's say ultrium, whatever. You know, like, basically, sure. like, a, a metal that's like this. And made the triangle of that. And now he's shooting photons? No. Protons? Yeah. Electrons. Let's say electrons. Electrons, that's fun because it's, you know, energy. So he's shooting electrons into this thing to create this, uh, to to bump it up 
from one thing to the next to get to the next thing on the atomic scale. And uh, there's like, and every scientist listening to this is like, that's not how any that's of this works. We, we know. We I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to, the, my, this oh, is my, like, my high school uh, uh, <laughs> chemistry or, uh, or science classes that I, I barely paid attention in. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, he's taking a thing, shooting it with, uh, an energy enhancement thing that's going to bump it into to create the other thing. See, and I'm going to tell you, make no mistake, I still love this movie. And even <laughs> even with my issues with Ivan on the racetrack, and we've talked about a few of the other yes. things, I, the, I, I understand that for a lot of people, this is just as big a plot hole. Yeah. To me, I'm okay with this because it, it's it's the moment where you're just like, yeah, it's sciencey stuff. Yeah. He figured it out. Don't think about it too hard. Yeah, it'll, yes. it'll, <laughs> I, I believe that is actually a quote from John Favreau on yeah. the commentary. <laughs> Don't think about this too hard. Don't worry about it. This is only the, the, the what the third movie. We didn't. We still yeah, figuring stuff. We're still out. figuring stuff out. And and also, I believe there was a a lot of people asking him to do a lot of things to set up future events. Yes. Yes. So that's pretty much fine. what all of the minute eighty six was about. <laughs> oh wow! wow hey, you're going to give us minute eighty six. Oh, all right. So he's he's got this cool little glowing triangle. He's got a glowing triangle, and he and he he's looking closely at it, and that's where the minute comes to an end. So we're not going to find out what is this glowing triangle. Did it work? Uh, and what will happen next? We won't find out until uh, minute eighty-eight. Uh, so you're going to have to make sure you come back uh, to see that. But in the meantime, uh, if you are doing any, uh, I don't know, shooting things with other things, if you're using blasting things with light. Why not post about it on Instagram? And while you're there, we're on Instagram too. So what? after you've made your video of like cutting a pumpkin half of the laser or something, why not follow the next reel on Instagram? We guarantee that we'll make your feet at least one percent better. And, and that's days, a, and that's a Rob Cabasco guarantee. One. <laughs> now, now hold on a second. Yeah, actually, 1%. That's as high as yeah. I can guarantee. Yeah. 1%. One, 1%. You're 1%. correct. Yeah. Oh, I have no problem with that. <laughs> Rob Cabasco stands behind the Rob Cabasco guarantee. The 1%. The Rob Cabasco 1%, 1% guarantee. The Rob 1% guarantee. I want a t-shirt. Jeez. Maybe. Uh, uh. Yeah. Well, that'll be for a future commercial. But in the meantime, follow the next reel on Instagram. Uh, we are doing our, our part to, to keep the world full of pretty pictures. Uh, so in the meantime, make sure you're back here for minute 88. Uh, we're going to see, uh, unfortunately, the end of the gun show for now. But it's the return of the two most important characters in this movie. And so you don't want to miss it. Enough said. Bye. Bye.